Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escaping the Matrix. In this Tech Talk episode, I welcome on my special guest, Brandon Henderson, CEO of Starline Partners, a cybersecurity company. Starline Partners is a cybersecurity consulting firm that assists their clients by helping them secure their data and computer networks. They specialize in cloud security, vulnerability management, and governance and risk compliance. Welcome on to the show, Brandon. Thank you for having me, Antonio. So let's just go ahead and uh, just let's, let's just jump straight in. So there's a war taking place online that a lot of people don't know anything about, especially now due to the actions of Russia. The cyber war initially started back in 2014 with Russia annexing Crimea, causing blackouts in 2015. And now they're staging a DDoS attack against banks and, of course, other key players. You know, they stepped in as well. Now, those that don't know what a DDoS attack is, a distributed denial of service attack where they flood a uh, server with false packets to the point to where it shuts itself down. And after that, you know, people can stage attacks behind the scenes, but that's generally how we go. So but what are your thoughts on that? Because I know, you know, we both exist in the cybersecurity world. So what are your thoughts on what's like, what's going on behind the scenes and how people just not even talking about it? Because only we see in the news is, you know, the, the whole, the actual physical war going yeah. on. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty typical because, I mean, even though we live in a technologically advanced country, um, I mean, outside of, you know, social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, people really don't understand the technology um, that we carry with us every day. You know, they don't understand even the technology that's in our smartphones. You know, the iPhone and the Android uh, platforms are very powerful and you can do a lot with them and they carry a lot of our information. Um, but yeah, there's an all lot war that's been going on for a while um, and not with Russia. I mean, it's the United States, it's Great Britain, it's Germany, it's Israel, it's China, it's Japan, it's any uh, first world nation with a uh, large intelligence operation is doing cyber warfare. Um, it's the next territory. And I guess I look at it a little different. I'm excited about it um, because I'm in the industry. So whenever stuff like this goes on, you know, our rate goes up, we make more money, we become more valuable. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> I always get excited when stuff like this goes on, even though yeah, it's nah. not, you know the infrastructure of the their targets. But I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, you, so for me, I always find it interesting because you know, working in security, people don't care about security until they actually need security. Same yeah. as when you're dealing with your home, it's like you don't think if you don't have an alarm system or your cameras and stuff, you don't think about making sure it works and doing stuff you got to do to protect your house until something happens. Until somebody break in. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about security. Like people don't really don't want to invest, especially when it comes to security engineers. Mm -hmm. Now we cost money. I ain't even gonna lie. Yeah. I was listening. And <laughs> we, we, we cost us <laughs> some money. <laughs> and it's like, and then the problem too is like, there's not a lot of skilled people that actually exist in that world. Because just because you can learn a couple of you and be because we still got script kitties. So those who know what script yeah. kitties are, they go and take on, they use other people's stuff, which I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing, but they use other people's codes and the, the stuff they've come up with to break and, and, and penetrate systems, but they don't come with their own stuff. Yeah. And even in my world, you know, we don't like people like that because we just like, you know, they're not real engineers. You know, they yeah. just I understand the whole copy and paste. Now, I will say, you know, it does take a level of skill to understand how the stuff works mm -hmm. and then how to actually implement it and push it out. So I'm not going to sleep on them like that because, I mean, yeah. you know, they do. They, I mean, you got to know. I'll be, I'll be doing it I, uh, with some of the stuff I do, so I can't even lie. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, because a lot of stuff, I mean, even coders, coders don't always use all their code. Yeah. They go copy somebody else's stuff mm -hmm. and then push what it into it. Because it's already been done. Yeah. Then why, <laughs> why go through the hassle of yeah. recreating it? So yeah, I do love the fact of you can actually see how stuff is playing out behind the scenes mm -hmm. and see how they're attacking systems and all the codes and stuff. I mean, the the, the malware, malware they're trying to, they're pushing through the system. So I do like that. It, it is fun, but what I don't like is the fact, like you said, we don't give it enough attention. Like mm -hmm. they really, and people are always talking about, especially, you know, here in politics, U.S. politics, when, what was it that was going on? And they were talking so. They're kind of starting to give it attention because I, I don't remember. I, it must have been after the uh, colonial pipeline attack. Um, I know Bill, uh, Bill, Joe Biden was trying to put a bill through Congress called something the uh, the software, not software bill of rights, but it was some act that's supposed to say that any um, technology that the United States government purchases, mm -hmm. there needs to be like a um, a list of all the uh, 
tools that's part of it. You know, all the various libraries, you know, things like Log4J, those sorts of things, because mm-hmm. the government wants to know upfront everything that's it's, it's being uh, in, in its environment. And they're trying to make that law now just to kind of get a better handle of all the different things that, that their systems might be vulnerable to. Because when you think of the government, you know, we kind of just think of, you know, uh, the local government, you know, like the police and the fire and the gas utilities. But, you right. know, when you think on a larger scale, you know, a lot of this technology is in our nuclear systems, um, they're in our fighter jets, they're in our tanks, and they're susceptible to some of the same vulnerabilities that our laptops and, you know, phones are susceptible to. So, you know, it's a really big deal and to cause a lot of security issues for, you know, some of the uh, high technical people um, that works at these places. And see, and they're also, when we're talking about big government, they're also hesitant to stage attacks themselves because it can get leaked out, which is what happened with Iran. Yeah. If you remember that bug, they, they pushed over there to shut down their nuclear systems. And dude, one of the engineers or what was the scientist there, he took the USB out that they was using some um some software that was running and plugged it into his personal laptop and infected his personal laptop. I and remember then the minute yeah. he got home and connected to his Wi-Fi network, it got in the wild and started tearing all of the UK up. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. The funny thing is, is because uh, I remember before I really got into security, I used to thought it was all these viruses came from people, you know, some, you know, 18 year old Russian hacker in his mom's basement, you know, with uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew just coding all day, you know, like a madman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought to realize that, no, it's, you know, it's, it's large government organiz- organizations mm-hmm. that's writing a lot of this malware. And just like you said, it gets out accidentally or sometimes like in the case of China, you know, they'll hack the, the NSA. And then they'll take some of our code and then they'll release it or they'll use it. And then they accidentally will get out. Um, but it's interesting that, that a lot of the damage that's been done has been accidental damage <laughs> by yeah. stuff accidentally getting out and then other people grabbing hold of it and then using it for uh, nefarious reasons. Yeah, we casualties of war. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Every one of us. Now, I'm going to ask you to explain this to people. Like, how do people, how do you know, like when you see your system get infected, how do you know what country it came from? Um, the only way to know what country it came from is to just really just start doing some investigations. So, you know, if you uh, are able to cap it, uh, capture any packets, um, mm-hmm. you can hopefully see, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll they'll write the uh, code in different languages. So you can right. see some false characters or not some false characters, some characters, non-English characters. Um, if there's any geolocation within the code, you can sometimes see where the code, uh, maybe an IP address, a public IP address. But that sometimes can be difficult because that's going to be spoofed, spoofed and hidden. Um, but yeah, typically you just have to do some packet captures and hopefully they made some sort of mistake. If they're really good, then, you know, you'll, you're not going to be able to find much outside of just the basic code. And that'll probably be obfuscated in some way that you'll have to figure out. Yeah, real happy. just means scramble to people who don't understand. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if, you, if you're really good at it, you don't get caught. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. people like, you know. <laughs> people <laughs> like us that get caught. Yeah, right, right. It, it, you have to be, I've learned working in this field, you gotta be, you, you really gotta be real cautious and paranoid. It pays yeah. to be paranoid. Because when you're paranoid, that means you're going back and you're doing all your checks and balances to make sure you don't have nothing in there. Have you ever, uh, Got tempted to try to hack into something uh, as you're going throughout your career. Um, I know I did a couple of times. So yes, I did, and I would, you know, and I, I, I you don't got, got to put yourself out there on. on no, nah, I'll admit it. So, I, <laughs> and I messed myself up too. I messed myself up on the job. I ain't even gonna lie. I messed myself up on the job, messing with uh, talking to Verizon. So I was trying to, I was applying for a job with Verizon. I, I really did have the job, <laughs> but they asked about some of my security experience. And I tell her now. I mean, I won't do it now because I'm, you know, I ain't trying to go to jail. But um, but I was younger then. So my, so before I finish up this story, so I will say this: once you get into the security, because I hate cybersecurity. I mean, we hate the term cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah, it's fake. It is it's fake. <laughs> Sounds good though. Is the I think who was it that came? I think it was the government. No, it was politicians that came with the term cybersecurity. Oh, I figured it was like a, a Google or a Microsoft, one of those guys. Nah, because they kept trying to they kept trying to figure out how they was going to describe it. I mean, because we just call it security. I mean, it's yeah, basically basic security. Or infosec. <laughs> yeah, info, yeah, infosec, right. And they came out with this term, oh, it exists in the cyberspace. So it's, you know, this is the cybersecurity. I was like, dude, that, that don't even make no yeah. sense. It's just stupid. But um, so when you get into the infosec space, you get tempted because you know all the stuff you're learning, all the videos you're yeah. watching and stuff, Double you start up, looking at codes. You want to you want to try it out, <laughs> and sometimes you know you can set up your own uh, service at home, mm-hmm. and you can do it yourself, and or you know you can 
try to get in them streets and get your hands yeah. dirty. And yeah. uh, you, nine times out of ten, that's what people do. They they get jump in them streets and get their hands dirty. And it's funny. Um, that's always that's that's pretty much the same path I went down. And then every once in a while, when I'm like, you know, let me test my hand outside of my lab, I read an article about somebody getting caught and getting 15, 20 years. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? It's not worth it. No, <laughs> no, it's not worth it. So what happened with me was I used to work for. I'm not even gonna say the company's name. I'm not gonna say the company's name. Mm. I used to work for a company, and they didn't believe in security. They, I mean, they just didn't believe in the security. It was a, it's a major. It's a how huge, long? How long ago was this? This was about. <sighs> 10 years ago. Okay. It was yeah, security no. everywhere was bad 10 years ago. So yeah, that's not yeah, it was like 10, 12 years ago. They didn't do the IT department consisted of like five people. And I was the smartest wow. one in there. And I was like, now if I'm the smartest one in here, y'all really got a problem. <laughs> and I wouldn't even the manager. And then my manager at the time, you know, she wasn't even, she had no IT experience whatsoever. And I her rationale to me was, which pissed me off. She said, you know, I don't want to be the smart one uh, doing the stuff. I want to manage the people, the smart people doing the stuff. And I said, you know, you know how asinine that sounds. Yeah. You don't, you don't know what I do. Therefore, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. And you're so stupid to it, oblivious of it, that you don't even know if I'm even doing my job because I can have a script or a bot set up to do all my work for me, yeah. outside of me having to physically fix things. So. Because of these things and these vulnerabilities, he told the big had, secret when he said that. By the way, to the audience about the uh, automating stuff, he told a real big secret. <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, automation. So those of y'all that don't know, the biggest thing that all of us are scared of in the tech community—it's not even just security in the tech community—is they are pushing for automation. Yeah, and they want everything automated, and that's why a lot of people are losing. That's why a lot of people have lost their jobs because they wanted people wanted things to automate what people actually physically do, and yeah. technically speaking, it can be done. Now how efficient it is when they do it because you always want to have some human eyes and which is what we see now with what with google when they shut down people's pages because of what a, an ai said but you, ne- you never really go you're gonna to need people huh? right yeah you're gonna need people you, you need people but back to my story so i end up i i i'll open up all these ports and i left them open I was able to go through, and this is stuff I used to do, so I, I don't do this no more. So y'all can't hold me accountable for it. <laughs> I was, they didn't have like all the, um, what is it? Uh, the access is locked down. So mm-hmm. I could access everybody's virtual platform, like the CEO stuff. I could go through the email. Yo, I could oh, do everything. I could, I could do, <laughs> I could do, it, you, it's so terrible. I got so much information on this doggone company of the stuff they did. And it's a, like I said, it's a nonprofit now. And they're supposed to be helping people out. Mm-hmm. They did so much dirty stuff and dirty stuff with their money. I could expose them, but I, you know, I left, let it go. But what I got in trouble for was when I didn't get the job at Verizon is because even though I left the company, I left those ports and stuff open. Oh. And I and I, I I confessed to doing that and confessed to still being able to access the system. Did a little dibbling and dabbling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I don't do that no more. I, you know, I like learning about it and I like hearing about it. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, if I want to, if I want to try new stuff out, because they do have some like the new air hacks, I want to try out. But I never really looked into the source on that. But you can set up virtual environments at home. Yeah. And do all the stuff yourself. And they also got a few websites uh, uh, called, uh, one of them is called Hack the Box, where they have basically, I think they have just have VMs up. You can go in there and log mm-hmm. into the VM and try to see if you can compromise it. Um, but I'm not, the 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 closest I've gotten to, got to getting tempted, um, this was my, probably about 10, 15 years ago, um, when I first learned about uh, Kali Linux and Metasploit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I went down my little... Uh, investigative rabbit hole and uh i was trying to f- i can't remember what i was looking for but i found an ftp server mm-hmm. um with just the right version of the software running with just the right version of linux and i just you know i tried to email the person like hey you know trying to get something from your site and can you let me in didn't get a response so you know i took it upon myself to um let yourself in look <laughs> yeah, like, the door was open but you know uh once i let myself in i looked around didn't see nothing. <laughs> Shut the door. <laughs> yeah, great hackers, man. People get. I knew this one. And we're gonna get back on this whole Russia thing. Yeah, it's this whole and I mean the whole world in in the the cyber in the security world. But um, I read online about this. I followed this one hacker group, and this guy was on. He was on Twitter too, mm-hmm. and he was talking about. He was he works in security, and he was doing some things, and he uh ended up his doctor so his doctor 
that he's he's been his family doctor from his kids and everybody. He wanted to see how secure his site was because they had been having all the exploits taking place on the web and people's sites was getting shut down and people's data was getting stolen. So he actually found that his doctor's website was vulnerable and all he could have access to all of everybody's personal medical records. So now, like I said, this was his family doctor. He didn't treat him, his wife and his kids. He told this man, hey, man, your site is vulnerable. This is what can be seen from the web. I didn't really have to do nothing special. Only thing I did was change up some of your uh, the uh, the JavaScript inside of your URL, and it allowed me access to stuff on your site within your your SQL database. Why does man turn him into the police? Got him arrested? Yeah, that's usually the way it works. <laughs> and he was like, like I was gonna, "I'm helping you." He's, "I wasn't asking for no money. I'm trying to help you out." <laughs> yeah, I keep that time kind of stuff to yourself. But um, uh, you remember I was telling you before the show started about that one YouTube channel called uh, Scam Baiter, right? Um, let me share my screen as uh, so I wanted to show. Oh, it's disabled. Um, but there's a YouTube channel called Scam Baiter. It's kind of doing what you were. Uh, well, he does what you're talking about, but he has mm. the benefit of one being in another country. And number two, the only people he attack are in other countries where he's not in. Um, you can show it now. You know? Okay, cool. I just want to show the... Uh, um, but either way, the YouTube channel is called Scambator. And what he does is he finds um, typically hackers in um, in India, because that's where a large population of them is. And what he does is he, via social engineering um, <clears throat> and targeted attacks, he'll infest their call center mm-hmm. and basically to start trolling them and recording them over the course of months and does investigations. He gets people's names, he gets their phone numbers. And actually in India, he sends all the information to the Indian uh, law enforcement. He notifies the various banks that they're using to get them shut down. He notifies the web service, web hosting and get them shut down. And the very last thing he does is he drops Trojans and, and viruses all throughout the call center and have makes it so they have to uh, get everything shut down. Sometimes he even gets their um, CCTV feeds. Oh, and he's able to crack, yeah. And he, I mean, and but it's all ethical hacking. You see him bringing up Kali Linux sometimes, and you see him um, launching exploits, and he'll name even, uh, you know, WannaCry and some of the different things that he's using. But it's real interesting, especially if you want to learn in a, a joking way how easy it is to kind of do some of the stuff we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a real great and fun channel to watch. Yeah, I did it to somebody. Yeah, that, yeah, during my times of uh, playing games, I did it to somebody. Yeah. They, uh, what did they do? This dude, they kept harassing me. <laughs> like, he kept messing with me. And then he ended up, well, he, he ended up getting access to my old Facebook page that I didn't have locked down. I didn't have no, you know, two-factor authentication on it or nothing. And so the dude sent me a text message. Like he literally found, got my number off there and sent me a text message and was like, hey man, you know, I got access to your stuff. And he was like, you know, if you want to do this, you want to do that, you might want to, um, what did he say? He said something to me. I, I need to do something for him in order to get it. So I was like, you got to write one today. I was like, first of all, you sent a text message. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't. I said, I hope, I hope you have a burner phone. Yeah. And he was like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm not scared of you. I said, I'm just telling you right now. I hope you have a burner phone because you don't know who I am and what I have access to. And at this time, but yeah, I still do. I still got access to it in my company. So the company I work for, I work in communications. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know all the stuff that communications, like, you know, your AT&Ts, your uh, T-Mobile, all the stuff they really have access to when it comes to your devices. And so if you call them from anywhere, you know, I mean, cause that's how your, your, your E911 works for you. We can ping, they can ping down all of where your location is, we can see, we can, uh, I'm saying we, <laughs> they know your UE, which is your, uh, what is what is the term for UE? But it's your device, it's your personal device. You use the equipment. So we can find your, your location. I mean, you can find everything in the telecom database. Now, again, I, now I know that because of the, the work that I do. And I also understand the, the security factor on top of it too. So I was, so he kept texting me and I was like, okay. I said, okay. So I end up reverse in it back on him. And then because of his phone number, I looked his phone number up into the system and homie texts me. And then come to find out what was really crazy was dude lived in the same. So he lived in Georgia with us too. This dude lived in Georgia with us too. Yeah. And lived out of Latonia. So I texted him his location. I text him his location. I text him his IP address and stuff. I text him his, his Mac address from the computer he was working from. I gave him all of his stuff. I said, now we can, I said, now I'm giving you respect because you was able to get into Facebook stuff. 
and you did either a dictionary attack or a brute force attack to get access to my system. I was like, so I give you respect on that. But I'm gonna tell you, go ahead and back off right now. Leave me alone to somebody else. <laughs> I ain't get no more text messages from him. That's funny. I was like, you don't come at me. I was like, I am. I ain't messing with you. Don't come mess with me. If you're curious about something, I'm not gonna mess with you about being curious about something. Just don't be texting people because I'm yeah. lead it up to those the the company the alphabet companies to uh, come after you, not me. I ain't. Do, yeah. That's not what I'm doing. That's hilarious. Yeah, people, man, God, people don't. You, yeah, people, they were people worry so much about what the government has access to, and like I said, we're gonna get back on this whole cyber war taking place online. I was like, y'all don't know these companies and what all they can see. Yeah, and you worried about the government? They can literally see every dude. In troubleshooting, one of my previous jobs, we had to work on getting congestion out of a network. And you just don't know your phone actually can cause congestion on a network and prevent other people from logging onto it. So that's why when you call like a, um, the the com- the phone company to ask them to help you troubleshoot, they'll tell you to go in airplane mode and to come out of airplane mode onto your device to reattach to a cell, the closest cell tower near you to see if it works. But what it's actually doing is breaking up the congestion too from the network you've been attached to before that wouldn't release you for whatever reason that's because of your device. And it's called, so we can actually look and see what your, like I said, what your device is. We mm-hmm. can see your text messages. We can even see some of the phone calls that you've made from your device. And I'm like, y'all worried about the government. I was like, dude, everybody, <laughs> your information is all online. It's funny whenever I hear people talking about how much they worry about the government, I'm like, you, you not worry about Google? Like they have everything. Right. <laughs> so Literally like, if you everything. Can, I was like, the safest one, safest person that you can be with, the safest company, if you got a smart, a smart, well, all of us got smartphones, the safest smartphone company that you can be with is Apple. Apple have a strict thing about how much data is stored on the server. They said they give you like 48, 48 hours and 72 hours mm-hmm. and it's dumped. They dumped all the data on it. Yeah. Google. <laughs> Google says they, they don't dump nothing. <laughs> everything. <laughs> they keep it all. They keep all your data. And if you, I mean, it's not just smartphones. If your your all of your devices, like your Chrome browsing, <laughs> if you got like I have Gmail. Google systems, <laughs> yeah, your Gmail, every they, Google keeps all of your data. <laughs> I remember one time it scared me, man. Uh, they started notifying you of your previous routes. Mm-hmm. At that on my phone, Google was tracking me for the last three months. I was like, "Oh no, turn no, turn all this off." <laughs> I don't. I used to care about. I, it. I only care about. Man, no yeah, now it's too late, man. I was like, they got it because we're at the point now where I couldn't find my way across town without Google Maps. Right. So, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I needed accepted it. I, I drink the yeah. Kool Aid now. I'm I'm all in. I'm like, because my thing is, I don't have nothing to hide. You know, is metadata. They selling it anyway. The phone companies got your information. They selling. It. I mean, hell, they didn't went before Congress and argued about why they should have access to your data, and they gave it to them so they can sell it and make money off of it. So I'm like, whatever, you can keep it. So back to the topic at hand. With all the attacks that's taking place overseas, do you think it's effective? Like in your personal experience, you said that I think it's effective. Yeah, like how um, stuff is going. When you say effective in what way? What do you mean? So they're staging DDoS attacks. They're doing dropping oh. malware into people's systems. Um, yeah, I mean it's effective because a lot of the times it, it depends what their ultimate goal is. I mean, if it's just to disrupt some things, and yeah, you know, you can uh, get people moving, get a lot of activity. And but if if their ultimate goal is to is to plan a, a larger multi-stage attack later, mm-hmm. then um, this can be very dangerous because, you know, these, uh, like I said, these a lot of these countries, they have a lot of money invested in various systems. And on top of that, people don't understand that you can farm a lot of this out I and mean, you can hire uh, private organizations that kind of do, do this stuff for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can license servers, you can license, I'm not license, you can lease servers, you can lease storage, you can lease compute. I mean, everything is in the cloud and you can just have a private company. There's an organization... God, in Israel, I can't remember uh, exactly what they're called, but they're a cybersecurity firm. And all they do is they make malware for private uh, organizations. Um, and one of the, that. yeah, they're um, Eric Snowden um, uh, spoke about them in, in a recent speech. But one of the things they do, they say is is uh, in their code, they have a, like a, a corporate policy, quote unquote, that they can't use their um, software against U.S. Uh, citizens. Mm-hmm. 
but the software has showed up a, a bunch of times in, in yeah. various operations in the U.S. Because I mean, once, once the software is out there, it's it's out there. You can't. Um, but yeah, but I mean, and if it's a situation like that, then it can be very dangerous because you know you can shut down. They've already shut down Colonial Pipeline before, so they can shut down electric grids. They can shut down you know water treatment facilities. They can shut down nuclear power stations. They can shut down you know nuclear reactors. They can shut down you know nuclear silos. There's a lot of things they can do from an operational security standpoint that could be crazy. But on the other side, I mean, in America, we have some of the best, you know, uh, technology and professionals. So, I mean, if anybody is good enough to uh, withstand his attack, it's us. But I mean, as you know, it doesn't take much. All it takes is a, a weak password, a, a, a susceptible, you know, run uh, uh, a DLL, uh, you know, old kernel, and you can have access to everything. Well, I mean, I think the biggest vulnerability, I've always said the biggest vulnerability are people. Yep. Because I'm like, your systems are secured. By all means, your systems are safe. Your system, even with the hack that we're talking that we're going to talk about with uh, Okta, mm-hmm. which is oh, they don't deal with VPNs. They like what is a single sign on stuff. Sign on, yeah. So even with them, it's like you know they got hacked because of a person. People yeah. are the biggest vulnerable because a lot of people don't understand what security means mm-hmm. and how important your company laptops are when you're taking them home, even your company phones when you got them out in places. And is you know, the systems are always safe. Policies are always safe. It's the people. People. So as long as we have people, we'll always have vulnerabilities. Yep. And that's the thing. It's and and, it's, and sometimes it's not even that they're doing it on purpose or it's malicious. Mm-hmm. It could be accidental. You know, you can sometimes you forget to set a setting. You can forget to close a port. You know, you can. You know, sometimes you just might be one of those person that actually write the password down because you just you're not thinking at the time. You write it down, put it on a sticky note somewhere, and forget about it. You know, like you said, it's always people. Uh, people, processes, and things are the three things in tech that we kind of focus on. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are always the number one culprit when it comes to any you know, sort of uh, security vulnerability. Um, yeah, like even my company, they um, they used to send out the emails from the security team just to do just regular phishing attacks. And they'll, they'll yeah. and what's crazy is they will let you know two days prior to, hey, we're going to do a, a, a random, not even attack, we're going to send out a random email and we're just letting you know we're just trying this out and we're telling you not to click on it. Yeah. What happens? One of my old coworkers, <laughs> he did, oh, <laughs> he did it. He <laughs> the email help. out and he clicked on the link in the email and shut down his whole computer. And he had to wait till he came back into the office. Of course, because he did that, he got written up for it because it was like, look, we tell y'all all the time to watch out. And for those that know what phishing attacks is, phishing attack is when you get random emails from people. This is how you get your computers infected. You get random text emails. messages sometimes now. Uh, yeah, text messages too, especially on Android devices. Yeah. And I even heard it's starting to infect Apple stuff. Yeah, like, I just I just got an iPhone and I get text messages. I mean, it is crazy. I get about five to ten a day now. Yeah, but I figure because of Apple's operating system and what it, the base code is operated off of, it's they not can't infect it. I don't know if it's in, I'm getting the text messages. I always just delete them, but I get them yeah. all over. Like and it just started maybe a year and a half ago. I never used I, to get them. I've been getting them. Yeah, I'll click on it because I know about it, but I've yeah. been getting them. But yeah, so they would send them out just to let employees know, hey man, you know, don't be clicking on random stuff. And you, lo and behold, like I said, people are your biggest vulnerability because this dude clicked on it and now you got to come to the office to have them unlock his laptop and then he got written up for it. Yeah. Yeah, we just did a, uh, a phishing exercise uh, with uh, one of the current clients I'm working with uh, for PCI uh, project. Mm-hmm. Same thing, somebody high up clicked on something and then, you know, maybe I had that talk. Like, yeah, you know better. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I get some of them are great. I had one guy yeah. try to say he wanted to offer me a job at Google, just randomly out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And the email looked, I mean, the email looked great. He had the font that they used. I mean, it's, it was the same template. But yeah. now what he messed up on was the email address. Oh, so yeah. you, <laughs> when you opened up the email address, it had some crazy, you know, characters and stuff in the email. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, no, thank you. But people, they'll see that. Now, this, yeah, now I will say some people are real good at efficient attacks. They will see that. And which is probably what happened with that, the, the upper management. It looked like something that came something internally. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it looks official. So let me just go ahead and click on this. And then it opened up. So, I mean, you know, some people, I really can't fault them for that. But I always say too, though, you know, Double check your emails. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody sends you an email and you don't know who it's from, you know, you can just click on the email up top and it'll, it'll show you exactly your personal email address. And then you can see the email that's coming from. 
if it's got some crazy funky name in front of it and it's an at Gmail, don't open it up. Yeah. Just don't even open it up. Now you see, Microsoft has joined into this fight too. Now I did want to get your opinion on that because Microsoft is joining because they got employees over in Ukraine, Russia, and all across that region. Mm-hmm. And they've been joining, talking, saying that they was um, informing Ukraine about some of the cyber attacks that's taking place on their civilians and the military tar- the, um, targets. So I'm like, how you feel about you know Microsoft? Because I didn't know Microsoft was as big as it was when it came to protecting systems and stuff. Because I mean, oh, you know, yeah. I got Defender, but yeah, I didn't know they had a huge security presence. Yeah, they, they kind of have to when you think about it because of how dominant they've been in the enterprise. Um, because I know uh, earlier in my career, so I got my, my I started in tech about 2000 and 2004, I think, 2004, 2005, sometime around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, early on, especially around, you know, the Windows ME, Windows 98 days, you know, Microsoft had really bad security. They did. Um, and, you know, there was always, you know, Trojans and viruses, and there's always attacking Microsoft platforms because the security was bad. So over the years, they kind of had to accept the fact like, hey, you know, we have all these hundreds of millions of devices out there. We have to secure it, even if people aren't paying for it. Mm-hmm. So that was the one that, you know, back in the early, you know, uh, you know, piracy was real huge in, in, you know, Windows and operating systems. Uh, but that was, I think it was around Windows 2003, they made the decision to like, hey, we're just going to secure everything regardless if it's pirated or not. Because if you don't secure it, then the virus is going to spread. Mm-hmm. And that was around the time Microsoft all of a sudden became a huge security company um, on the low. Um, but the funny thing is, is um, Microsoft made a statement a while back that they said that the their largest fear um, is actually the... Uh, NSA and the CIA, because uh, they said that, that those two organizations are advanced persistent threats because they're constantly attacking Microsoft stuff because mm-hmm. they want to find vulnerabilities. Um, so it's very true. Uh, Microsoft, Apple, Google, all these big tech companies, they're security companies by default because one, they have such a big presence and two, they have all of our information. Um, the last thing you want, you know, when you're a trillion dollar company is your, you know, Google being in the headlines about, you know, a hundred billion people's uh, data <laughs> got leaked. You know, that's not what you want for your share prices. Now, how you feel about a company's reverse hacking? Because uh, with the um, the hack that took place with Lapsus, mm-hmm. they, um, so Lapsus has attacked, like I was saying, we were talking about before, Lapsus attacked this company called Okta. Yeah. And Okta is like a um, single sign-on platform that y'all see on y'all devices and stuff. And they have major companies they have or that's that's they partnered up to where use their services but now come to find out laps was also part of the hacks that can attack nvidia samsung microsoft and ubisoft they're those are all tech companies nvidia started reverse hacking Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's illegal. <laughs> and I'm like, why is it illegal? Because I'm like, if you're attacking me, why can't I clap back? Um, no, it's funny. I always wondered that, but I, I did know it was illegal. But I, in certain circumstances, I think the kind of the government kind of, you know, takes their hands off and say, hey, we're not going to pretend like we didn't see it. Um, but yeah, I always wondered why you couldn't do that. And uh, I think if I remember correctly, around the time of, uh, what was it? I think it was 9-11 when they passed the, uh, was the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Patriot Act, they snuck some things in about, you know, uh, like cyber terrorism and counterterrorism and had some strange language. And I think that was around a time when the laws kind of really started to get hard. Where like, if you do anything over the Internet, it's like a federal crime and all types of crazy stuff. Yeah. But I never understood it because you can get some real quick justice. You can get some information yeah. back, take them down because, you know, we got the same tools they got a lot of the times. Right. And it's like you don't want to see it happen after the fact because because yeah. what do you see once they're out of your system now you got to try to figure out if they left anything behind and then you got to investigate and figure out where it came from but i'm like if you see an attack taking place because that's the only thing always bugged me out about people because like in what was it uh nvidia and um like even steam they were getting terabits of data and i was like now come on now man i'm like now if you work in their labs or if you work anywhere in the software department or network engineering department huh. you can see that data being siphoned off that server because you see an uptick in your traffic and you see your upstream is going crazy and i'm like me and you both know ain't nobody really looking at them (laughs) no they're not (laughs) looking at them alerts they probably getting about fifty thousand alerts a day and they probably seen about 0.0001 percent of it and they're just you know it's probably like two guys there for the whole company yeah it's like me it's two of us 
Just struggling, struggling, trying to hold it together. Uh, but yeah, it's funny because, and that's what you were saying earlier. There's like a big, huge need for this stuff, but there's not a lot of people. Um, they, they need there's it's I mean just in tech in general they need more tech professionals, but security specifically, mm-hmm. not a lot of guys really understands it. And then you know once it's one thing to, to to see the alert, but it's another thing to understand what that alert means and to be able to track it down and you know do the the, the appropriate fixes to make sure uh, those issues are resolved. Um, but on the flip side, because there's not so many people, um, you know, they, they pay a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you're getting uh, taken yeah. care of. I just hate the old. Now, this is why I do call it. It's, it's the, the the good old boy club, and you part of it too. It's like they want you to have all of these. They say they want you to have all of these. I don't know if you got certification, all these certifications and stuff. Uh-huh. But then when you work in the space, half the people in it don't even have half that stuff. Yeah, you know what's funny is um, I, I figured out like the cheat code. You know, I kind of told you the other day like I was thinking about starting a, a YouTube channel because kind of some of the things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the reality is like I have the biggest certification I have right now. I'm working on my Azure security certification. I'm hopefully taking that in the next month or so. But I have my CISSP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it thinking that this thing was going to be like just so incredibly hard and difficult. And it wasn't. It was real basic. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of like the uh, the driving exam, like the driving test, a little booklet to give you, even though yeah. it's like thick. Um, yeah. But just a bunch of stuff to memorize. No, nothing real deep, nothing real. Oh, that test is long though. It was like six yeah, hours. Yeah, long as hell. Yeah, it was like six and a half hours. I think it was 350 questions. I think I did mine like four or five hours or whatever, but it was long as hell. Not a, and I, I didn't eat breakfast, so my stomach was growling the entire time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was surprisingly easy. I mean, granted, I've been in you know tech for a while, um, but it was surprisingly shocking. But it's not really the certification; it's all the stuff you learn while studying for the exam. Yeah, like um, like I I, I start I took the uh, I didn't take it. I was studying for it's called the OSCP, Offensive Security uh, Certified Professional. Uh, and for those who don't know, Offensive Security is a company that makes a brand of Linux called Cali, what security uh, professionals use. Um, but I didn't take the test, but I learned so much about hacking and ethical hacking and all that stuff. Um, but it's just a skill set uh, more than anything. But yeah, I mean, I don't have my degree. I only have a few certifications. Um, but like I, you know, most, it's just it's so few people that really know this stuff that, I mean, honestly, you can have a GED, <laughs> but if you know it, you know it. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. who was it? Um, even yeah, Microsoft. I think, I think, I think, yeah, Google, Microsoft, Apple, they all released. They were like, hey, we don't even require degrees no more, just high school diploma. Yeah, and the only thing they wanted to see was like they were even asking for people this that that has done some um some unethical. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Cause they want people that's already been in the field. Mm-hmm. Know I mean, whether you're working or not, but just like you've been doing it on the streets as long as you know something. And I always tell people, you know, the the you hear the adage about, you know, like back in the day, there were all the good jobs in America and they all got outsourced, you know, all the automotive and plants. Um, the jobs, they didn't get outsourced. They're still here. It's just tech jobs now. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as you know, I mean, not even tech, they're STEM jobs. Anything in STEM, they pay a lot of money and there's tons of them out there. All the factory jobs are gone now. You know, now the factory jobs are, you know, office cuticles and now remote. Yeah. Um, you know, and instead of, you know, you having to stand in place and, you know, hunch over manual labor now is just, you know, keyboards and brain power. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm trying to, trying to get people into the tech thing, but it's like, it's, it's one of those things either you're, you like it or not, I guess. Yeah, they're resistant to it. I tell people all the time, it's not that hard. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, mean, I, get, I I do think blue collar work should come back over here. But I, like I, I said, even in the tech space, it's gone. It's never coming back. We, we go into the VR next. It's gone. <laughs> I tell people all the time, like what I do on a daily basis, and I'm like, I really, I ain't even sleeping on my job. I thank God for my job. <laughs> I do, but it's not as difficult as you would think it is. Now I tell people all the time it's, it's really easy. You gotta know, know a lot of stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, one we got Google, so Google, it, and that's what it is. Yeah. Google answers ninety five percent of our questions. Right. The other five percent, you email the vendor, call the vendor, and they'll answer it for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's not that. I mean, it can be hard when you start thinking about. Um, and something goes is, bad, it gets hard though. And something really, really goes bad, then it can get hard. Yeah. yeah. Not because you got to know about, especially when you're dealing with network, you got to know about different networks, subnets, and stuff like that. But I mean, like you said, if you don't know it, you can still Google it. Yeah, I mean, you can That's you can fine. Google anything. Hop on a Discord server, have to you know bounce questions off people. Right. It's che- it's cheating now. Now, easy. now the problem I do have though, you talking about the Discord servers? And- <laughs> 
people we're 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 brutal in this space when people start at noobs start asking questions i don't mind sharing but people will drag you through the mud before somebody actually come and answer your questions and then that person's going off on everybody else because they didn't drag you through the mud yeah. it was like so it's like especially when you start learning linux the linux community oh my god they're terrible people oh yeah, yeah. They, they they be feeling they think they think they you know what those think yeah <laughs> <laughs> And is it's been that way my entire life too. They've always been kind of off to the side, the Linux dudes. Yeah, they uh, especially those that uh so yes, so anyway, so yeah, if you want to get I think I encourage everybody to get into the tech space. I mean, you make a lot of money. And I mean, to me, it's it's challenging at times. Like when you get stuck on something, it, it can be challenging, but for yeah. 90% of the time, well, 95% of the time, I ain't gonna say go even that low. 95% of the time, it's easy. Like yeah. it is literally easy. The stuff that I do, never mind. I'm not even gonna say that. I'm not. I'm not talking myself out of a job. It's, it's easy. <laughs> I'm not saying it's, it's easy. I find a lot of people's work is way more harder than what I do. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, and the crazy thing is, is the higher up you go on the food chain, the less work you end up doing. Yes, because it's just, it's it's more complicated when the work does come along, but it's still relatively easy. It's mm-hmm. not. And that's it's funny, and that's one of the things that when I start my YouTube channel that I was going to show, I was going to literally, you know, bring up a vulnerability management platform and say, "Hey, look, this is what I do. I click buttons all day. <laughs> they pay me a lot of money. <laughs> I just click buttons. Oh, look, I hit save. See? Yeah. yeah. Even oh. when it comes to like firewalls, it's like the firewall the one doing all the work. You and can update work. policies, and you can look at some of some of the ports that might have been open or like they got old clicking buttons. Yeah, because it's not really any commands, you know, it's not like nope. a, a Cisco terminal or, or, or a dash. Now, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. It was hard. Back in the day, you actually had no commands because we all work from terminals. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have GUIs. But once the GUIs came out, I mean, it's, it's point and click. Yeah. And then it's red light, green light. Mm-hmm, it's red light, green light. If it's green, it's working. If it's red, it's bad. You got to figure out why it's not working. And if it's yellow, you know, something, something's off. You, right, right. you got an alarm somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really much, that's really what it is. Red light. And it's funny because a lot of my, our platform is just like that. Red, green, and yellow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's all it is. Log in in the morning. Everything's still green. Log out. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right. The higher up. So I've been doing this for... It'll be over 20 years combined with all the jobs I've had, probably about 25 years. Oh, damn. You, I'm, at, I'm at 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm, I, when I, st- I was like, I started when I was, I think, 20. Yeah, I started when I was 20. Yeah, this year's going to be 19. 19 years. Yeah, I started wow. tech stuff. Like, I'm 43, so I started tech stuff when I was 24. Yeah, I was 24. Okay. But yeah, before, you know, I was still learning because I learned how to program when I did program, I don't program no more. I learned how to program on the Commodore 64. I learned- um, That was way back in the day. Yeah, it, it was. I learned I learned basic. So I learned basic, then I learned some C++, but yeah, it's, now it's so easy. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of us, like old heads, to challenge ourselves, like we'll go in, that's why I, I, I do get into the Linux community. We'll go build our, our own Linux stuff. So if you want to get into Linux, if you really want to learn tech and you want to learn how stuff work, uh, set up your own Arch Linux virtual platform because yeah. with arch linux you have to literally build everything from the ground up like you really got to build in your home page you got to drop in everything you got to drop in your drivers all this stuff you got to build up from the ground up that's a good way i think i used arch linux a long time ago i haven't yeah. that in a while yeah I, I used to work on old sun system sun systems we had it was unix based so when you, you worked had, for the sun system did you work were you working for uh, a government agency no it was it was uh it was a telecom company okay that's the only place so technically seen. yes because we had a we had okay. a partnership with the government, yeah. The only place I've ever seen Sun has always been government agencies. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, it's um so with these hacks taking place, I mean on the, and staging all these DDoS attacks, like how do you think it's gonna turn over this this war in your opinion? Um, you know, it's interesting because for the most part, um, even when you hear about these attacks, they don't really see much response. Um, at least um a non uh cyber response, you know. So for example, um, not too long ago, I, be- I want to say it was around, um, we, I can't remember if it was us or Canada, but some country launched a cyber attack against Iran to shut down their nuclear uh, weapon silos. Um, and then they, was were waiting for, they were waiting for a response from Iran, a cyber response, but nothing ever came. Um, but on the flip side, uh, I can't, I don't know who shut down, um, colonial pipeline, 
Um, but again, we didn't launch any, you know, fighter jets or launch our navies or ground forces. I'm pretty sure we hacked something somewhere that, you know, only showed up in their local <laughs> news mm-hmm. language that we never even knew anything about, shut down a, a hospital or something, who knows. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's ever going to leave. Now, when it does leave, when it does go from cyber to um, um, physical, that's when it's going to get scary. Because that means that whatever they did in the cyber world was so bad that the government said, hey, we need to mobilize our troops. And that's when you know that they start shutting down like entire power grids and you can't get it back up. You know? Yeah, I'm, well, that's what's taking place in Ukraine right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's when it's going to start like, because, you know, you can shut down somebody's uh, infrastructure for days. You know, America with no electricity for 18 hours, you know, that means no Google. Mm-hmm. Think about that. No Google for 18 hours. I mean, because their, their battery structure can only, only last for so long all them servers and they're gonna have to start shutting stuff down and we work off of old systems that's a lot of yeah. things people don't recognize our our stuff is all, on all the stuff they new because it's expensive yeah and once you get it set it up you don't want to mess with it because if it breaks you know the guy who probably set it up died you know 15 20 years ago right <laughs> Yo, it's, it's funny too because like even <laughs> it's, actually it's, the company i'm at right right now that's what we're going through we have so much stuff we're trying to fix and the people that set it up are long gone and we're just like yeah, yeah, they don't update anything. They didn't even take the time to update. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I was like, even like this this Peloton behind me, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Why, they're built on, I thought it was funny too. They're built on Android 10. I think really? it's Android 9. Yeah, man, I got into the back the back system to like uh, do some configurations on it and it opened up the old Android. And I was like, is it Oreo? I was like, they operated off of an old Android, <laughs> old Android system. I was like, they couldn't build like there. a Raspberry Pi in there or something. Yeah, yeah I'm like, dude, you can build out your <laughs> own stuff. <laughs> I'm like, uh, even my, so even like SunTrust, Cause we get ready to wind down. Like even old SunTrust Bank before they got bought out by uh, Truist. Oh no, who was it? I forgot the company that bought them out. But um, so I went to the ATM machine one day. I think it's a, I think it's really hilarious. I went to the ATM machine one day, and it was like locked. And I'm like, well, that's weird. So I, I put my card in the machine, and it spit it back out, and a login screen came up. <laughs> yes, I'm about to get so the login screen came up. I tapped on the screen, the like actual physical screen. I tapped on the screen like four times. Why did it boot into uh, Windows 98? It's funny you said that. It booted into Windows 98. (laughs) When did this happen? Because the same thing happened to me one time. It was like uh, three years ago, three or four years ago. Mine was about about 10 years ago. So yeah, same thing. I was at an ATM, um, put my card in. a blue screen. That's what I knew. I'm like, I've never seen the eight. I'm like, I didn't know. And then, and then the blue screen. I think it was like Windows 95, Windows 98. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and I was like, this is really that old. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. I'm just in my mind thinking of all the vulnerability that's probably on. I'm thinking I could probably hack this thing and take all the money out. You could. Yes. I, I literally <laughs> called them. So I got. So I did. I did go nosing around. And I was like, let me come up out of here because it's a camera looking right in my face. So let me come up out of here. So I got home and called them and I told him I was laughing in the camera. I was like, hey, man, um, y'all ATM machine over there. I said, y'all might want to go over there and fix that. I was like, because I was able to double click on just tap on the screen just because I'm like, I thought something was wrong. And it booted up into Windows. I was like, so you don't want the wrong person. If you want to make sure you, I mean, yeah, they get busted because their face is on the camera. But, you know, they still got access to it. And you and know, more than likely, I think they didn't have no password on it. <laughs> no, I'm like, man. And, and so that's a, and not a lot of our infrastructure is built on those same things. The stuff is old. Yeah. Telecom, not so much unless you get way out into like the rural areas. And then some of the cell towers got old equipment in there. But, you know, to get through that stuff in their hash keys, is is that's real hard. You can't. So, yeah, when you hear people trying to fear more, talking about, oh, they're going to hack into our um, wireless network. That ain't, that's not happening. Yeah, it, that ain't, that's not happening. Nah, they'll just get your uh they'll just get into your email first. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you can you can try to stage a man in the middle attack. And those that don't know we we're gonna start talking about certain things. Uh, a man in the middle attack is when you put yourself, you 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 present yourself as this organization that you have to go through before you reach to the far end. So let's say you're trying to call somebody and you gotta hit like a central office. The central office is like a, a place that rebroadcasts the signal and you act like you're that central office and you look like that person. So all of your data is coming through, let's say me, 
I can see all of your information and I'm going to send that packet back out to the far end and, you know, do the handshake to get the key access on there. And so, you know, you don't know what's going on in between, but I got access to all your information. I can see it. But that is that's not happening. Not across wireless networks. That ain't what happen at all. That's yeah. secured. The um, the only one that I know of and I know, I believe Edward Snowden and Jason Applebaum spoke about it, at least in the United States. I don't know about other countries, but in certain because, you know, in there are certain places in the United States where they say the cables terminate and then they have to go across, across the Atlantic, across the Pacific, the uh, intercontinental cables um, to link us, link the continents, uh, Internet connections. Yeah. Um, so in those demarcation lines, at least in the United States, uh, the government they tapped in. <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't know. It's probably the same thing. The same thing in the UK. The UK government tapped in. China. You know, China's tapped in everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was shocked when I heard that because I always assumed they would. But that's when it kind of clicked. Like, oh, okay, so there is no such thing as privacy, like anything over the air. It's so like, someone has it somewhere. Yeah, like with George Bush, so my old company, they did, I mean, like I said, we worked with the government and a part of the Communications Acts of, what was it, 96, uh, they did sign over certain rights to give yeah. access to the government. And they always put it in all these weird laws, you know, they call it the Communications Act. It sounds real benign and you really, you read it and like, yeah, we got to take all your data. <laughs> yeah, they can, they can. So what's, what was supposed to happen is because I worked, they had, I worked in that company. Well, I did work part of the company. They had to submit tickets in. They would submit a ticket request in and what the ticket would do was give them um, authorization and access to get into some of our, like you said, our DMARCs. And from the DMARC, they can plug in, they can monitor traffic. Now, the question is, well, the real answer to that question and the question is, did they submit tickets in all the time before and before they did that? (laughs) No. 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 You would know after the facts, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, we had to get in here and do this and do that." So, yeah, it's because even even uh, all throughout my career, uh, you know, we're supposed to have change control and change approval boards and stuff. So many changes get made just randomly throughout the day because you know, anybody looking just want to do it real quick. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody. No, even in my lab. So we have lab operations, and then we have our um. Mech operations, which is the multi-axis edge computing stuff that we're doing within a lab. Mm-hmm. So even though we li- exist in the same space, we're supposed to submit tickets in to lab ops if we, in case we want to get like servers racked up, get cables ran, plug into like the main switches within that's within the company itself, and then to get firewall ports opened up and to get regular ports opened up in the switch itself to give us access to um, outside into the internet and intranet. Man. We're like, bro, ain't nobody putting in all these tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all turn around and just work with each other. And then we was like, okay, this is where it's working right. We updated the database. We was like, okay, this is how it's working right now. <laughs> but ain't nobody, we ain't putting in no tickets. And that'd be the worst part because a lot of the time, you know, we talk about how easy a lot of the stuff is. A lot of the work just comes from documenting stuff, man. Yeah. A lot of the times it takes me longer to write the change or to document or to put the ticket and wait for it to get approved. And it will actually take me to do the actual task. It'll take me about 13 seconds to get this done and right. fix what's, you know, 150 people are complaining about. But I got to log into the system. You know, these things are always slow. Mm-hmm. And I gotta type the, the ticket out. You know, you just hit submit and you forgot some field you forgot to fill in so you got to go back and fill that in. You got to send it off to get approved. And, you know, the person they approved, they're on lunch. Yeah. Wait for them to get back from my next thing you know, it's like 4.59 p.m. You're about to leave and get approved. Now you got to waste the next 15, 20 minutes when you're supposed to be going home to do this. So. Oh, yeah. We That's usually when it goes bad. It's like that. That's the worst of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> we, they give us our ticket in time is like, for, not for me, but uh, to go to get anything done at Lab Ops is 48 hours. So if I need IP addresses, like if I need to get something done and the only thing I need is an IP out of an IP pool of addresses, I got to submit a ticket in. It literally take, give me the IP address, I can put IP address in, and now I got access, I can connect to the network. But I gotta wait 48 to 72 hours for this ticket to go all the way up. People look at it, why are you, you, what do you need this IP address for? What are the reasons behind it? What do you open this up to? Uh, What's the system you connected to? Where is the the, uh, server located at? What's the rack, the rack is slow. I'm like, and then you gotta put in the actual physical address location. Sometimes, we, I mean, we don't do it all the time because I do got one guy in the lab who's stickler about the uh, actual policies that come along with it and putting the ticket in. And then if it's like really urgent, that's when he'd be like, okay, out of this nap pool, yeah, you can use this one over here. This is this open right now that nobody's using. But yeah, I hate that. I do hate that. 
Yeah, that's the worst part. Documentation and is just. <laughs> It's just, I mean, I get it, I understand, especially when you, you've ever been through an audit, you know, documentation yeah. is really important, but it's just annoying as hell, man. That's the As long as you update the system when it's done, that's mm-hmm. my, that's why we get frustrated. We was like, okay, if we sitting right here next to each other, why are you forcing us to put a ticket in? Just as long as once we get done doing the work, we just update the system of this is where it's working at right now. That way, if you do pull an audit, you do an audit. You can see, oh, okay, well, you know, this is configured for this. This is configured for that. This is what this port is going to, and and you know, all this stuff. Now, in my group, yeah, we do move stuff around. We ain't supposed to, but we do. I'm especially think all that stuff came from the was it six six sigma? I think that's what the process. Yeah. Was from. I'm guessing. Uh-huh. I've always heard about heard about that, but I'm I'm thinking it's something like that is where all that you know document everything across all your eyes and T's came from. But yeah, it can it's, it's it can get annoying. But it's not. It's it's funny though because like especially uh, now that I, I do like audits pretty regularly. Now I kind of get it um, because you know especially like we do PCI audits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you're doing those, it's like if you fail one of those audits, it can get real bad for you real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you don't want to be a company that does, you know, uh five billion dollars a year in credit card sales, and then they was like, Yeah, you can't use credit cards no more. That's that's devastating. And I mean, I yeah, because we have times like we have even now we work on this project. So my project I'm working on, like I said, it is multi-access edge computing. And we're working all the emerging 5G technology. So we testing out this new server design to work off the network, but outside of the network to give you low latency when trying to do anything from virtual reality or just having your own like um TV show running on site and you're trying to like you having an event and stuff take place. But because I work in the lab and I work in R&D, research and development, people will come in that's in that project and they will move ports around <laughs> and they don't tell people. <laughs> so now so now you got to go in and pull up to see where these, <laughs> these ports are going and what IPs they configured for and then track down the IP. Now that does piss me off yeah. and track down what they, they, they routed them out to. But yeah. So as we wind down, so, you know, how do you think this is all going to play out? Let's get your last final thought on that as far as this war taking, cyber war, not the physical war, yeah. taking place, you know, across the across the world. I can't even say it's just Ukraine alone, just across the yeah, world. It's going everywhere. Just every once in a while, something hits the headlines. Um, I mean, for the most part, it's going to continue to be under the radar. I mean, there's not really um, many people that really talks about this stuff unless it's something big. Um, as long as they don't hit something major like infrastructure, um, mm. i.e., you know, gas pipelines, water, electrics, those those sorts of things. For the most part, I don't think it's ever going to really escalate. Um, on the flip side, though, I do kind of wish I worked for like either the NSA or something right now, because I mean, if you're like a the hacker nerd type and you're working for one of those organizations right now, you're having it's probably is going to be a lot of uh, very high stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, environment but I, I just imagine it'd be a lot of fun because i mean at this stage if you're in war you get a lot of liberties when you're in war yeah so i can't imagine those cyber warfare guys they're just they're doing any and anything they want to do mm-hmm. like they got access to systems that we don't have access to and funny as we're closing i'll, I'll share this I, I was supposed to work for a job uh for the government or uh, for the federal government it was the organization above the the uh, uh, CDC, whatever oh. that organization was, and they're hiring me as a security engineer. And um, and I got the job. I didn't take it because I had to get top secret security. And then when they told me all the requirements, I was like, oh, hell no. Um, but it was so interesting because they were during the interview, the guys that were working, they were telling me just all the stuff that they have access to, all the various tools, all the information that they have in the federal government. And I was really shocked. So, yeah, um, I don't think it's going to escalate and get, unless it gets something major. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still going to be exciting, at least for us in the security world, because um, some exciting vulnerabilities and some exploits are going to come out of this. That's probably going to keep us up <laughs> a couple of nights. Yeah, I think the, um, the one of the most amazing things I saw that I never even thought of is um, I think I talked to you about that when, I, when we first met about when they took down Netflix and some of the other streaming platforms. Yeah. And they created the bots off of the IoT, the Internet of Things. Yeah. Like all of your your um, hair dryers or the the, the refrigerators. Well, people don't know how how vulnerable all those stuff is, man. Yeah, because like, they don't secure no security. Yeah, they don't secure those at all. They man. made them into bots and stayed the one of the largest, the largest DDoS attack against this company. This company couldn't do nothing to offload their traffic. <laughs> it just shut them down. I worked for a client in Texas, um, and they they were a 
they worked in the semiconductor industry. Uh, so they had a lot of IoT things. And that's when I learned how, I mean, some of these things, their passwords is like one, two, three, four. Like, yeah. I'm talking. Like, and then one, two, three, four gives you like full access. Like, <laughs> you admin rights. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a real basic security. And that's when I started to learn about platforms that they can do to manage them to kind of, you know, you got to, uh, you get, you get it. Because, uh, you know, like with the SolarWinds hack, I think the issue with the SolarWinds one was they got it um, in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And how they were um, so with IoT devices, you can have it so that by the time it's manufactured, it's already assigned to a controller. So there's you can't even get it um, from the supply chain. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting stuff that's going to come out of this. All right. So, you know, like I said, we want to, how can people find you to get more information on you? And hell, I mean, they might want to utilize your services. Yeah, um, you can uh, contact me. My email address is info at starlinepartners.net. That's probably the best way to contact me. Um, yeah, reach out to me. Um, we do our uh, cybersecurity services for um, all sorts of companies. Um, as I said earlier, we specialize in uh, vulnerability management, uh, compliance, uh, PCR remediation, uh, HIPAA and high trust, as well as, you know, uh, system administration, network administration, those sorts of things. So uh, once again, uh, Brandon Henderson with Starline Partners. You can email us at info at starlinepartners.net. Right. And thank you again, Brandon, for being on the show. I'm Antonio Hicks, Mr. Escaping the Matrix. You can find me on ptg.tv, ptgtv.online. Got to get my web address right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you all for tuning in for this episode of Tech Talk. One thing I will say to close out, make sure you stay safe, protect your systems. Don't have random passwords because I too need to uh, change up my passwords. And if you have um, Google, and, and you all have been doing that, Google and Apple, they are sending out reminders if you got old passwords or they've been exposed to other uh, hacks has been taking place and they're out there in the, the cyberspace they're encouraging you to uh, you know change them up and so you protect yourself so yeah y'all stay safe watch out for what you're doing online make sure you're not opening yourself up to any vulnerabilities when people get access to your personal devices and look guys see you on the next one